that because I think you have to actually have a pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that is funny. That's true. Hello, everyone. Welcome to SheMD Podcast. I'm Dr. Marlies Hill-Ali, MD. And I'm DJ KGB on the set once again. And off camera, as always. As always. Today, we're going to do things a little bit differently. So, yes. You know, we always give you guys our email address. It is she underscore MD at ecarepsc.com. And you can email us your questions. And we will answer them, reply to the email as well, but we will also answer them on air because like we said, when people ask questions, a lot of times other people also have the same question. So we've chosen a question from each podcast. You guys, we've been blessed enough to get questions, multiple questions for each podcast, but I've chosen one from each podcast. And you guys, if you all have further questions, the ones who sent us the questions, please email me back. And we love the response, and we we love the response from our audience. Exactly. Okay. And we love the questions. So exactly. keep them rolling one day, in. When we get enough viewership, we'll go live. Okay, and we'll actually do a live podcast, live with live, live and direct. You know, live uh, comments and feedback and that kind of thing. But what I've done is I've broken them down. We've had six podcasts so far, so I've broken them down. I'm going to yeah. give a summary of each podcast. Then I'm going to give the question and then give the answer. Okay. So, okay, so the first podcast we did is DJ KGB's favorite one so far is female sexual female health. Female sexual health. Okay. So, the summary of the advice from this podcast was sexually active females should have pap smears, pelvic exams, and breast exams yearly by a physician. You should require your partner to be tested for STDs. You should get tested for STDs. You also need to meet with your doctor to discuss what birth control option is best for you as the consequence of unprotected sex is pregnancy. Okay, Unprotected sex also leaves you vulnerable to STDs. So if you're smart, you'll also use prophylaxis as well, such as condoms, female or male condoms. If you're over the age of 40, ladies, you have a mammogram every one to two years. And colonoscopy should be done 10 years before a relative who was diagnosed with colon cancer or at the age of 40, okay? Now, we got a very interesting question, DJ KGB. This was from a female. Um, and you know, we'll, I'll just take part of the email out. She says, Dr. Ali, I have pain when I have sex now. Mm -hmm. uh, this started in my 30s. I had one child via C-section. What do you think I should do next? And what do you think is wrong? All right, that's a loaded question, right? There's lots yeah, of stuff yeah, that she it has can some be. Stuff going on. So the first thing that I advised her of, of course, was you need to make an appointment with the OBGYN. I refer her to a friend and uh, told her that she would definitely have to have a pap smear pelvic exam would likely end up having uh, a pelvic or vaginal ultrasound so that they could get a good view 
of the anatomy of uh, her reproductive organs. So, you know, it's hard to say exactly what it is, okay? But if I had to give uh, it, one thing that would be at the top of my list, mm -hmm. it would be endometriosis. Oh, okay. You know, outside of there being other complicating factors like depression uh, that's complicating her um, sexual experience. Could, um, could you familiarize me with endometriosis? Is that is that when the fallopian tube is like twisted or no, no, turned inside out? Or the is a sort of an abnormal appearance of uterine lining outside of the uterus. Outside, okay, okay, okay. Got yeah. It. And so, you know, that is one of the things that can sort of just sort of come up and you know be an issue, um, and it can be associated with pain with sex, and so. I advised her to go to the doctor. Um, she, when we did the actual answers to the questions, she had gotten to the point of having her ultrasound, but we have not gotten the results back yet. So we'll see whether or not I'm accurate on this. So our next subject, male sexual health, okay? So the summary of advice from this episode is that men should go to the doctor once a year for a checkup. Once a year. You need to have a checkup for STDs as, as well as your sexual partner. You need to wear condoms, men. Okay? You need to discuss if your sexual relationship means exclusivity. You know, what does monogamy mean? What does having unprotected sex mean to you and the person you're involved with? At age 35, men should start discussing ways of having the prostate checked. There are multiple ways. You need to discuss those with your physician and choose what's best for you. Um, I'm a woman. I need, I, I got three or four wives. You're killing me. I, hey, you know, I need what I need. Well, yeah, okay. A little hair here and there. You're killing me. You have to, you know, that's a lot of work. Yeah, true. So, true. men, you need to have your colonoscopies, too. At age 40 or 10 years before your relative who was diagnosed with colon cancer, okay? And, um, you know, you need to go to the doctor, men. Men are notorious for going to the barber and talking to the barber about what's going on. Go yeah, everything doctor. happens at the barbershop, Marlies. Go to the doctor, please. Yeah, please you know, come see us. ecarepsc.com. <laughs> www. You can go to the barbershop. New York, you can get a low-yield nuclear device if you ask the right person. I mean, hey. Now listen. <laughs> go to the doctor, people. Please. My God. Go to the doctor. Question. Got a question from one of my peeps. Okay, this is a former patient. Uh, now has reestablished care. But he's like, Dr. Ali, I'm now waking up at night four to five times every night to pee. When I go pee... I feel like I got to hurry up and get there. And I feel like when I get there, I can't start my urine stream. Then when I go, it's hard to stop. And then when I stop, I feel like my bladder is not completely empty. What in the world is going on? Well, it sounds like there might be a little bit of an enlarged prostate when you start talking about nocturia, yeah. nighttime urination, yeah. um, urgency. I got to get there real fast. Frequency hesitancy, I can't start my stream, well, sensation start. of incomplete voiding, my bladder still feels full, it sounds like BPH, go to the doctor, have their prostate exam, and get evaluated to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. 
and that's what he did, and he actually did have BPH. Oh, wow. That was textbook symptom. Wow. All yeah. right. Episode number three was toxic relationships, and we have actually had a request <laughs> to revisit this, okay? And Let's we will, revisit this. We will, because the next... Two podcasts. This I for think. me is right behind sexual relations. No, I take that back. This is past that. This is paramount. Toxic relationships. I've been in enough of them. Yes, I, I love this. Yeah. I'm gonna so, get my medical degree so in this. We're, we're going to we PhD. will touch on toxic relationships in the next couple episodes. Yes, let's touch record. it. Let's caress let's, it. We're gonna answer the question and let's be let's me to it. Mm-hmm. So the summary of advice from the toxic relationship episode was that it is perfectly fine and it's healthy to limit the influence and outright cut off toxic folks from your life. Yes. They pollute your positivity pool and interfere in your God-given purpose in life. They're just polluted, period. Polluted, period. So the question um, is a continuation of the question that started the, the podcast, right? So... Um, my patient emailed me after listening to the podcast about toxic relationship, and her question was, what does she do with the guilt she <laughs> feels with the thought of distancing herself from her family? <laughs> she okay. goes to her priest at the Catholic Church if she's so guilty. Listen, there are so many different ways to address that. We thought we were going to have he and here today, Dr. Shaheed Ali and he is the he MD. He is not with us today. He is the psychiatrist, and he's probably better suited for this because I'm the internist. Because I feel like anything that takes away from your positivity and your ability to be mm-hmm. not just productive, but at your best, is you, a problem. So, being case you. in point, I'm going to use a recent news story. So, recently, you know, North Carolina's been in a political turmoil, right, because right. of that, um, the race there, right? Mm-hmm. And they've been uh, trying to figure out if they have been doing things illegally, gerrymandering, voter uh, uh, irregularities, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yesterday, keeping people away from the polls. Yes. Uh, North Carolina U.S. Assistant Attorney mm-hmm. testified that he, he told his father, who's the candidate who is in question as mm-hmm. to whether, whether he's done something illegal to win the election, that the person that he hired, they were concerned that he was doing some illegal things. Okay? So this Harris, you know, uh, U.S. assistant attorney right. told the world that he told his father that his guy was doing some illegal stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, it, and they were. Yes, and and he he concluded his testimony with a plea saying that they needed to change the political system, but they didn't know he was going to testify. So I bring this up in this context because can you imagine you being a son who's an up-and-coming U.S. attorney, okay, who is um, on the rise politically, right? You mm-hmm. have this father who's a candidate. He's a controversial candidate. Mm-hmm. They're doing things that are questionable, mm-hmm. right? And you've told him that this person you're operating with is this guy's doing some things that are questionable, but he goes ahead and he does it anyway. Right. Who better to tell evil about than your dad? Right? 
He does anyway. And now this guy has sworn to uphold U.S. law and the Constitution. It says my father has done something. His father put him in that position. Can you imagine how toxic his father is? This guy did the right thing. He had the integrity to do the right thing. I think that anytime someone puts you in a position where you have to compromise your integrity, that's toxicity. And that, yeah. that you need to step aside. I think you, if you can put it down, just sort of down that line, if it compromises who you are, if interacting with that person compromises who you are, because you know this this guy's wife is like your dad has he can never talk to our kids he can never you know what I mean like right this it, has it, caused such a real I mean this is his father isn't it just a case of guilty conscience no this is a guy who told his dad dad what you're doing is illegal and his dad did it anyway won the election <laughs> yeah. and it's illegal so now they're redoing the whole election yeah I'm talking about this is like yeah. some soap opera toxicity mm-hmm. in a family. But I kept thinking about this young man who is an up-and-coming star in the legal community who has to testify, my father is a cheat, my father is a liar, my father will cheat to win. How is this young man ever supposed to get a break, even though he told the truth? And these are adults. These are adults? Yeah, these are adults. These are adults. So he's been like that. Pretty much his whole life. I and think so people, this people this change, young man has chosen the other side. I just think that this is a, a perfect example on how to deal with hmm. complex family relationships and toxicity. Because, hmm. right. Coming to grips with certain Coming things. Coming to grips with things. Just, oh, like, like Anakin his, and Vader. Because his father <laughs> basically told, his father was basically putting him in a position to sacrifice his future for his father's political game. Yeah, Anakin and Luke Skywalker is like, yeah. I, that is absolutely dead. Yeah, and he dead, never, his father was sitting over on there crying, face all scrunched up. Please. Come on, dude. You put your son in that position. Your your son is a U.S., an assistant U.S. attorney. Right. In the state of North Carolina. Luke, I'm your father. Man, come on. Yeah. So I, mean, I think that's a perfect example on how to deal with toxic family members. And your integrity is aligned with your morality yeah. and your ethics. It's, it's aligned with your spirituality and your religion. And any family and that interferes and corrupts you from your purpose with the Most High, that family has to be set aside. And even just to have that running through your mind constantly, I know something bad. I need to clear myself of this. Mentally, because it can it's, take you down. Yeah, it's messing. It's messing me it's up. Interfering. So, yeah, so this young up-and-coming attorney, U.S. attorney, okay, mm-hmm. whose father's run for <clears throat> political office, so this is a career politics family. Right. This young man's, this man, his father has been this way, like you, his whole his whole life. Right, he's been right. sort of borderline corrupt his whole life. So you have this young man who grows up to do law and decides, I'm going to 
follow the letter of the law. I'm going to commit to following the letter of the U.S. law and protecting the Constitution. Right. Gets wind that one of the guys working with his dad is shady. Says, Dad, this dude is shady. It's politics. But this, your son is a U.S. attorney. You don't heed it. You win the election, and then there's all this drama behind it. Now, they're going to have a, another election because they now know that what was done was inappropriate. They're going to redo the whole thing. Now, how narcissistic must this old man be to decide that his political career was more important than his son's future? He basically told his son, you choose me or you choose your yourself. You choose me or your career. Wow. That's basically what he did. Now, you got to be wow. a really toxic individual, a toxic parent to put your child in that position. I have the utmost respect for Attorney Harris for having the integrity the moral compass and the ethics to say, I told my father. Choose me or choose doing the right thing. Right. That, wow. That's toxicity you walk away from. You wow. close the door away from that. Your, any deep. toxicity that makes you have to compromise your integrity, your morality, your ethics, your relationship with the most high, you got to go. Yes. That's crazy to me, isn't it? That's yes. crazy. Now let's apply that to everyday people. Yeah. You, which you I need to put that in perspective. Just everybody walking around every day, going through their day to day, getting mm -hmm. up, going to work, and having to deal with a family member, members, plural, and you have to deal with this. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that, you still have to that, function and perform and do all the stuff that you do at, at work. It's I crazy. know that can take a toll on yeah. me. That's why I have all these gray hairs. Yeah, tell me about it. So, yeah, so <laughs> that's another show. The next time we talk about toxic relationships, we will have he MD here. He doesn't know I named him back. But oh. we will have Dr. Ali. <laughs> I will notify him. He knows now. <laughs> Peace to my brother in law. <laughs> so, the next episode was using the healthcare system. We have a summary from that. Basically, it's very simple. Go to your primary care physician for all your health care. They have emergency It's very room. simple. Just If you have an emergency, hey, go to the emergency hey, room. Hey, and hey, an emergency hey, is bleeding, <laughs> loss of consciousness. One side of your body just goes limp. Hey, you yo, have I, chest pain like an elephant is sitting on your chest. Those are emergencies, right? But if you have a cough, cold, or something like that, call and get into your primary care doctor. And if not... Ask your PCP where you should go, and they'll refer you to a, a, a urgent care center, like immediate care center. Hey, yo, I don't know about you. Look, I love this summary recap, but I, this is just me. I've been in an emergency room. That is the fucking worst experience. I mean, yo, you sitting there, cut open a bleeding area, just, just waiting to get help. This, well, I, I don't like the emergency... When you're caught I mean, up in you know, bleeding, they're gonna they're gonna put you they're gonna they're not gonna, they're gonna triage you they're, no, gonna, they're gonna I mean what do they do? 
Yeah, they're not gonna leave yeah, you out of the but way. Or that, 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 that priority they of like, yeah, this man has a brain edema or something, did. <laughs> and brain then the, this one. Definitely yeah, dead. he's top priority. Yes. And then the next one is, you the know. With a, a laceration. A, yeah, a kind of deep laceration. He's next. And then yeah. you have all these people, oh, I'm here because my nose is stuffy. Get the fuck out of here. Go, go to your <laughs> This the worst. Doctor. I don't want, yeah, go to, go please, to yes. Okay. Yes, please. So, yes, do that. Question. As we alluded to, when I took my mama to the hospital, we were there for 10 hours. She had fallen and had a few scrapes. Why did it take so long, Dr. Ollie? <laughs> we, we, just, we just said it. During just, triage, the emergency room nurses will assess the patients for the acuity of their condition. Say it again. If you're deemed not emergent, you are placed in line for care. All emergencies are pushed back into the ER for acute treatment. Okay, acute treatment. All non-emergent things are pushed to the waiting room and put in line. Okay? And so... Emergent care is delivered first, no matter who gets there first, is what I need people to understand. Right. So right. if you were there 10 hours, what it tells me is is that there were several emergencies that occurred during those 10 hours. That's right. Okay, uh, whether it be motor vehicle accidents or whatever that, that require the emergency room team's full attention. When the emergency, te- emergency room team is responding fully to true emergencies, then every other people's care slows down in the emergency room. If you are in the emergency room for a paper cut, you're a dime holding up a dollar. Yeah, I mean, the emergency room is built for emergencies. And so they triage everyone, risk stratify them for who is acute, and then they will see the acute first. For non-acute issues, for urgent issues, go to your primary care doctor or urgent care center. Okay. Next episode was childhood trauma. And whoop, whoop, do we have an update now? How fitting that we discussed childhood trauma and Kells. Yeah. And Kells has now been indicted on 10 counts of sexual assault. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of the, the, sit, the focal point of yeah, our childhood trauma. Yeah. He was, the, he was the focal point Episode, of that, and yes. he is now yeah. locked up, y'all. So, um, our summary of childhood trauma is that childhood trauma is way more prevalent than we realize, okay? And it takes professional health care providers to help you through the effects of childhood trauma. Um, just acknowledging trauma is traumatic. Okay. So, question. My older mm-hmm. cousin was really mean to me growing up. I avoid this person at all costs. Everything uh, they say to me angers me. What should I do? Mm. Oh, mental bully. Yeah, this is another this is another answer for HMD. Uh, because, like I said, you do need to get professional help for these kinds of things. And uh, there's probably something there. There's probably some perception of injury or actual injury 
that this particular patient has mm -hmm. and feels that the cousin is responsible for. Mm -hmm. And you need to work through whether that is a perception or a reality, okay? And then work to get to the point to where you can, you know, let it go for yourself. We're not saying you have to go back and be buddy-buddy with your cousin, but you certainly need to get to the point to where this particular person being at a family event doesn't control whether or not you show up. You should be able to live your life freely. And right now, you're not living your life freely because it appears by your question that you're avoiding family functions because you know this person's going to be here. Mm -hmm. So childhood trauma, since you sent it during that particular uh, question session, what it implies to me is that something happened between the cousins and that is a bigger issue um so you really do need to seek professional help with that because if you're peeling an onion and in the sort of the layers of that onion there is any form of abuse whether it be emotional psychological physical or sexual abuse you need professional help in and sorting through all those emotions because there will be a lot of emotions that come from that. Now in the context of Kales, this is going to be very, very interesting because they got him this time and they ain't letting him go. La -da 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 -da. Yeah, he's in trouble. They, they, he, he and da -da -da -da. poor little Jesse, they're going to be making fire music at the Hey, Joliet. Hey, All right, the last topic, diabetes. The summary for diabetes. The sugars. Yeah, the sugars. Okay. <laughs> diabetes develops when the body is unable to metabolize sugar properly. 100 million people either have diabetes or are pre-diabetic. Most folks with pre-diabetes don't even know they are at risk for diabetes. Okay. So African Americans and Latinos, as well as Native Americans, are at increased risk for developing diabetes. Diabetes is the leading cause of heart attack, stroke, blindness, amputation, and kidney failure. There are approximately 70 million people who are pre-diabetic and don't know and there's about 30 million people who are diabetic. And a lot of those people are not well controlled. Okay? And they are succumbing to the secondary consequences of diabetes, which are heart attack, stroke, blindness, amputation, and kidney failure. Okay? Mm -hmm. So the question is, my doctor told me I'm pre-diabetic and he wants to put me on medicine. Is there an alternative to medicine as a pre-diabetic? Yes. Intensive lifestyle changes okay we're more effective at reducing people who are pre-diabetic and becoming diabetic and what that what does that entail doctor intensive lifestyle changes those would be in being a part of a regular nutrition program having a regular workout and, and fitness program. And this is something you do every day. It's making lifestyle choices like 
parking as far away from the door of the grocery store as possible. Taking the steps if you work in a high-rise building as opposed to the elevator. Just t making a, a lifestyle choice to be more active, okay? The people who were put into this particular group developed pre-diabetes, 40% developed diabetes, and everybody was pre-diabetic, okay? Mm -hmm. So the people who were put in the intensive lifestyle change group developed diabetes 40% less than the people who were on metformin, which is a medicine to treat diabetes. But you can give it to pre-diabetics mm. because it helps their tissues to become more sensitive to insulin. And it can help them to keep their uh, resting blood sugar down. What was the name of that again? Metformin. Metformin. Mm -hmm. okay. Or glucophage is what the brand name is. So, yes, if your doctor tells you you're pre-diabetic, the thing you can do that will change everything is just start exercising. I'm not saying you have to train for the Boston Marathon. What I'm saying to you is just walking 5, 10, 15 minutes every day is very important at reducing your, your, your resting blood sugar. Getting your big muscles moving will help you to reduce your blood sugar because your muscles are huge organs and they will require lots of sugar to do the work. So again, go to your doctor, talk to your doctor, get your labs done, take your doctor's advice, sugar, cholesterol, all those things are real important to reduce so that you can live your best life and be as healthy as possible for as long as possible. Okay? So, this is our first question and answer um, podcast, which is really cool. So really I started cool. getting the emails and, and, and trying to figure out, well, how are we going to compose this? Because we actually do have other episodes we need to record. But I felt like, you know, we need to start answering questions because I'm emailing people. Um, so, please keep the questions coming. Please. Please uh, do. I, thank you for tuning in. This is what's really exciting. I appreciate everybody tuning in. And um, we're excited to be here. We're still growing and learning. And um, more will be coming. We're evolving. And um, we're going to have some guests coming up in future podcasts. So we are very appreciative to everyone. We're here as a resource. Please reach out to us if we can help in any way. If you need a doctor, please log on to www.ecarepsc.com. Make an appointment right then and there. And we can take care of your health care needs. And this is CMD Podcast. We are finishing this episode. Finishing this episode. And we will see y'all on the next episode, which is what? Episode 7? Episode 7. Which will be depression and anxiety. And we love all of our fans. And thank you for tuning yes, in. thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate it. Um, we're just here as a resource, and we're trying to have a little fun, too. So thank yes. you, everybody. Take care. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs>